to edition seven of the one-on-one FPL podcast. Just two guys from down under who love their FPL. I'm joined again by my co-host Jamie, as known as FPL Cantona. How are you this evening, Jamie? Yeah, very good, Dimmer. Very good. Feels like it's been a long two weeks, though, without the Premier League. How are you going? Yeah, going well. It's been a very long two weeks, um, hence why we're up to game week eight, but it's only the seventh show we're doing. So since our last show, we've seen many changes to the FPL landscape. Thomas Tuchel was sacked out of nowhere with Potter moving from Brighton over across to Chelsea. With the death of the Queen, we saw all the game week seven fixtures postponed. Uh, Further postponements have resulted as well for game week eight, which we'll talk you through shortly. Uh, The buzzword trending for the past week all over Twitter, Twitter has been wildcard. Everyone's talking about wildcard. And I do believe one of us might have wildcarded for this week, Jamie. Yeah, that's right. I've hit it. I went early. So we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later. I've got a few dilemmas, so I wouldn't mind running in pasture. All right. Sounds like it's going to be a very healthy uh, discussion. Uh, furthermore, there's a blank game week 12 for Arsenal and Manchester City with Arsenal's Europa League game being rescheduled. So that's that's probably going to come into factoring in when we're talking about wild cards and future planning with many, many teams having players from those two teams. So in summary, in the last two weeks, it has all been happening. Now, just a quick wrap up from last game week, which feels like many, many moons ago. Um, Jamie, how did you go? Yeah, so I got the 41 points. Um, you know, besides getting the captain right with Harlan, um, not too much else went my way except Trippier. I brought him in for, for Perisic. I did that that yo-yo um, in and out, Trippier to Perisic, back to Trippier. He got the eight. Otherwise, everyone blanked for me, so it was a pretty ordinary week for me. Um, 41 points, up to 319,000 overall. Uh I think uh, I think the talk of uh, the town is the week that you had. So go on, tell us how you went, Dimmer. Yeah, had a pretty good week considering many didn't. Um, scored 59 points, up to 92,000 overall. Uh, the heroes, well, obviously Harland is captain with 18 or 9 times 2. Trippier, 8. Gross, 5. But... My boy Tony, 17 points. I still can't believe how many people sold him prior to uh, game week six in the form he was in. He hadn't had a return, but he was he was always on the money. So he was always in and around those goals. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see whether my boy Tony's made your wildcard draft as such later on in this podcast. So oh, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. So moving on to this week's fixtures. Uh, so... As we mentioned before, with uh, a couple of the games being postponed for this game week, and we already had the information that uh, Crystal Palace and Brighton was off due to the train strike, but now we can add to those postponements, Chelsea versus Liverpool and Manchester United versus Leeds. So what we found is that I guess most people that I've been speaking to have at least got seven or eight blanks this week. So it's forced a lot of hands as far as the wild card goes. Uh, with, yeah, many, many people playing their wild cards. So without further ado, this week's fixtures are Aston Villa, Southampton and Nottingham Forest, Fulham. Now, these are the early kickoffs. So make sure that you, if you are doing a wild card, that it's locked in on that earlier date. Wolves are hosting Manchester City. Newcastle hosting Bournemouth. Tottenham against Leicester. And we will touch on that game uh, coming up. 
Brentford hosting Arsenal, which promises to be a game full of goals, I'd say. Um, and then the last two games of the game week... Oh, sorry, the last game of the game week is uh, Everton versus West Ham United. So we'll probably find out a bit more about West Ham considering their slow start to the season. Now, Jamie, moving on to the eye test since last game week. Now, last game week being a fortnight ago. So was there anything that uh, caught your eye as far as passing the eye test goes, Jamie? Yeah, I think... Um... Pope from Newcastle against Crystal Palace. I watched that game and um, just Crystal Palace, you know, they were peppering the goals uh, everywhere. Pope, you know, was making all of these last-ditch saves. He managed nine saves for the game, uh, which is massive. So he got all those bonus points and then, oh, sorry, save points, and then he got three bonus points. So he was the best player on the park. So we know he's a good um, shot stopper. Um so he really stood out for me, um, and I'm sure his name will be discussed a little bit later on. I mean, Potter's last game, Brighton against Leicester, you know, Brighton won 5-2. You know, they looked really good. Um, you know, a lot of their midfielders, you know, getting on the score sheet. Uh, but then again, you know, can we get excited about Brighton moving forward with Potter leaving? Oh, I don't think so. I think I think he's just a brilliant coach. Um, and what he's done there has been outstanding. So Brighton assets like your, your Gross, you know, your McAllister, um, they're all wait and sees for now because Lalanne is just stepping in. Um, so we'll just see how they go. What about you, Dimmer? What stood, what stood out? So, yeah, as I said before, it was a little while ago, but I guess the, the few things that stood out for me was uh, Chiwell making a 18-minute uh, Cameo coming on, scoring a goal and getting an assist for 10 points. So although he didn't start in the Champions League in the back four that they're now playing, and that's over the last two games, um, yeah, still he was able to come on in that last game and have a significant impact. Marcus Rashford playing as a number nine versus Arsenal was very dynamic. Uh, he was a, very much a handful for Arsenal. Um, he scored extremely well. I think he got uh, the 18 points during that game. Man United seemed to release him a fair bit via the uh, the old through ball, whether it be sort of over the top or played through. Uh, but he has picked up a knock, I believe, since then. And with Man United having a blank this week, uh, there was many, many transfers in and then many, many transfers out after, obviously, Man United had the blank week. Uh, other things that passed my eye test was uh, Solanke's goal and assist versus Nottingham Forest. So he's probably one to watch with the fixtures opening up there for Bournemouth. Villa proved us all wrong and put in a very solid game against Manchester City. One all draw in that game. So but Gerard keeps his job for another week. I think after that, Bailey's done him a favour. Yeah, I think my take it to the bank was uh, Man City to uh, inflict a whole lot of pain on Villa and uh, Gerard get the sack, so I was a mile off that. <laughs> um, now, since our last podcast, Haaland is just an absolute machine. He scored three Champions League goals and Cancelo has had three assists. So I think they're both worth uh, monitoring. And finally, what passed my eye test, and, you know, this is one I had to go with, but my my boy Tony's hat-trick, um, 492,000 managers, hang your head in shame. You all sold him prior to game week six and missed out on his 17 points. So let's see if he survives Jamie's wildcard draft later on. Now, but what's... What's impressive about Tony is, you know, he's on free kicks and he takes penalties too. 
um, you know, for, for a number nine leading the line, you know, that really stands out. And, and you know, his free kick, geez, that was well taken. Um, it was brilliant. So Yeah, his, his free kick had a bit of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo versus Portsmouth about it years and years and years ago, the way he, the way he stood over it and everything. So, yeah, he got me very excited. Now, Jamie, what, what didn't pass your eye test over the last fortnight? Um, oh, it was, it was a bit surprising to see Newcastle not get on the score sheet against Crystal Palace, especially at home. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about Isaac, um, especially this week, coming into a lot of people's teams. Um, also, you know, you touched on it, Man City not putting Aston Villa to the sword. Um, but that that's about it from me. All right. Well, I guess... Mine are Leicester City simply cannot defend at the moment. They've got a Schmeichel-sized hole in that defence. Ward doesn't fill us with too much confidence. You know, as a, I guess, a bench player at 4.0 or 4.1, whatever he is now, I think, yeah, he's just a hold. But, yeah, Leicester City would really want to shore up that defence. Otherwise, uh, Brendan Rodgers might find himself in a little bit of trouble coming up. Liverpool don't seem to be clicking in the league. Mixed feelings about their Champions League displays, however. I feel the break has probably helped them. Then They might not be too far away. But I think what as well helps is the return of Thiago and uh, Matip. I think shored them up uh, during the week. Salah scored as well, which is nice for all the Salah owners. And uh, Diaz did play another 90 minutes. So not sure if he's you know coming up, whether he'll be getting those minutes. Obviously, Liverpool this week having the having the postponements or having a blank game week, but just probably one to monitor for the time being. Now, Arsenal's first big test of the year against Manchester United, and they failed. So they started the year off with five wins on the bounce. Everyone was talking them up, you know, are they the real deal? Their first real test of the year, and they, and they failed it. So it's a big, big month ahead for them. I still think that they, even though they lost and conceded three goals, they still look pretty good to me. Um, you know, they were still, you know, the better team in the game, you know, for large parts. Um, Jesus, you know, I should have actually put him in the eye test. I thought that he, he looked really good on the ball. Um, I was surprised at how well he could hold the thing up, you know, and just fend off the defenders. Um, you know, so, you know, he's a quality player. I guess we'll talk about him a bit later as well. Well, when you say holding off, who was he holding off? Martinez, all five foot six of him. Yeah, no, just just everyone, just just everyone. He, he you know, he just uses his body well to shield the ball. Um, I, I never really got to see that part of his game at Man City because he always had people, you know, with him because City would work the you know the ball up together. Um, whereas Arsenal play a bit of a different style, so that's something else I learned about him. So I was very impressed. Okay, and my last failure of the eye test, Spurs lost 2-0 um, midweek in the Champions League, didn't really fire a shot. Perisic has played 90 minutes, two Champions League games in a row, and only played six minutes during the last game week. So I'm just wondering whether Perisic is now flagged to play the Champions League minutes and Sessegnon is flagged to play in the league. So it's probably something worth watching. For me, he's a bit of an easy sell as well due to the fixture crunch. And, yeah, the other thing about Spurs, Son was subbed off early again while the game was still in the balance. So it was very interesting that uh, Conte in the Champions League this week subbed Son off when the game was in the balance instead of 
Richarlson. So I think that probably speaks volumes as to where they're at at the moment as far as their form lines are concerned. Moving on to the spud or villain of the week, however you want to frame it. Jamie, who was your villain of the week? Uh, I'm putting my hand up to nominate myself because um, last Saturday a mate asked me for some transfer advice and I transferred in Tony for him. (laughs) So he's just rocketed it up the mini league now. You know him, you know Adam. So, um, yeah, he's he's happy with himself on that one and and I'm gutted I didn't take my own advice. But, hey, what do you do? Okay, yeah, that that would have been very handy for you, those extra points. Uh, My villain of the week is Jurgen Klopp for benching Trent Alexander-Arnold in the 59th minute and costing myself and millions of other fantasy managers the extra five points. And I think he might have been in the bonus points when he was subbed. So, yeah, very, very frustrating considering that that game versus Everton ended nil-nil. He probably would have – it's probably cost all those owners, you know, somewhere between five and seven points, I'd say. So very frustrating. Moving on to the stats of the game week. So I'll run through them now. Jamie Vardy, who hasn't been performing very well this year, hasn't really been getting a look in at Leicester. I think his age might be catching up with him, but we'll find out maybe more this week against Tottenham. But he's had 13 goal involvements in his 16 games against Spurs. Kevin De Bruyne. Now, I've got a bit of a soft spot for this stat, but Kevin De Bruyne has scored seven... Sorry, he's had seven goal involvements in seven matches against Wolves. And this includes the four goals last year when... I may have brought him in for a hit, gave him the armband, and he yielded me 60 points in that game week. So it was a it was a, a move that paid dividends. So any uh, excuse to plug that move. Bournemouth have conceded twice as many crosses on their left flank compared to the right. So what that means is this week, it's good news for anyone that owns Kieran Trippier because that's, that's the spot that he'll be... Uh, trying to occupy for most of this game week. So it's something worth noting. However, for me, the most telling stat of the week is Kane's record against Leicester City is quite remarkable. He has had 23 goal involvements in 18 games against Leicester over his whole career. Now, Son's got a pretty good record too with 12 in 14, but Kane, with that stat and the form line that he's in, very, very hard to ignore. So if you can probably get to Kane without having to do too much wrong to your team, he's probably one worth looking at this week. Uh, Jamie, any stats from yourself? Yeah, so let's go have a look at the bookies and what they're saying. So if we have a look at the clean sheet percentage for this week, Man City top it at 50%. Newcastle also top it at 50%. So that's just another... Uh, reason why you might look at Trippier uh, and Spurs at at 42% against Leicester. Um, Then if we have a look at over two goals, Man City top it again at 45%, Spurs at 40% and Newcastle at 36%. Uh, And any time goal scorer, Haaland at 60%, no surprise there, Kane at 52%. So that just backs up what you mentioned, Dimmer. Uh, Isaac at 43%, Mitrovic at 42% as well. Um, so a couple of interesting names there and a couple of big names there as well, Dimmer. 
Okay. Well, very interesting. And I'm sure a lot of those names are going to come up when we discuss your wild card later on in this uh, podcast. Now, moving on to the questions from Twitter. I might throw the first one over to you, Jamie. So question from Silver126. I have Sanchez and Gross in my side and a weak bench. Now that we know Brighton blank in game week eight, what would you do? Yeah, so we know Sanchez and, and Gross are out uh, for this week uh, and you've got a weak bench. Now, I'm just, you know, thinking out loud, you know, you might have a couple of Chelsea or a couple of Liverpool players. So all of a sudden you might be down, you know, five or six players. Um, it could be an opportunity to maybe use your wild card this week um, because that's a similar position that I found myself in. Um, you know, but, but also what we mentioned earlier, uh, Potter are no longer managing Brighton. Um, so we just don't know if they'll be able to maintain, you know, their playing style and shape moving forward, um, you know, and how, I don't know, how motivated the players are without a, a set manager right now because Adam Lalana, um, a player, is stepping in to manage the team in the interim. Um, so, you know, if you can go from Sanchez to a Pope, I think you'd be doing the right move. Um, you know, if you can bench gross, otherwise I'd, I'd, you know, I'd probably say use your wild card this week. Okay, well, yeah, and with their fixtures coming up, which is blank, Liverpool and Tottenham, um, they're probably not the most probably feasible asset to have. And, you know, with uh, McAllister at 5.6, Gross at 6 and Trossard at 6.5, there's a lot of other players who are in those sort of price brackets that you might want to work towards. So... Um, much to talk about there as far as Brighton assets go because I think, you know, only two or three weeks ago we were all trying to scramble to try to fit them in and now we're all scrambling to try to get them out. So, geez, it's amazing how much the landscape can change in this FPL world. Next question is from Zico FPL. His question is, I can field nine players this week and have two trades. I have all chips remaining. Should I wildcard, free hit, or use my transfers this week? So, once again, without knowing every player that is on, on your team at the moment, Zika, um, in your case, I'd say if you can get to 11 without a chip, I would just use the two frees this week. Personally, I like the idea of wildcarding at game week 12, but it's very team dependent. You know, City and Arsenal are blanking in game week 12. We may know more information on other postponed games and uh, essentially picking a four-week block of players before the World Cup break slash the transfer period that we get during the World Cup. So um, my team, similar to yours, my team wasn't uh, as impacted as others with the blanks this week. But in some cases, a wild card can be used to great effect. So if you can hold your free hit for the second half of the season when it looks like there could be fixture nightmares, I would do so. So, in summary, if you can field 11 or even 10 this week, because there's a lot of people who aren't using their wild card who are going to take a hit. So, I think that it could be a week where instead of looking to, like, um, attack the game week, if you can defend and just sort of hold your rank without using a chip or a hit, that might be the way to go. Moving on to the long ball of the week. Jamie, what's your punt of the week? Yeah, I'm going to go against all of the records and the stats and all that, and I'm going to say Leicester's going to get uh, a win over Spurs. 
I think I think Vardy will and the boys will put it together, and then you know even if it's a one nil, I think they'll they'll beat Spurs. Okay, yeah, big big long ball there. You've gone out on a limb. That's one long into the box to crouch. Uh, my long ball is Bailey from Aston Villa to get an attacking return against Southampton. Now, before anyone says it's not much of a long ball, he's a four point seven million dollar asset. And if any four point anything is going to get a return for us, I think it should be classified as a long t- uh, a long ball. He's been quite lively, scored against Man City during the last game week, and I've seen him in a lot of the wildcard drafts this week on Twitter. So it's very interesting how at the start of the year everyone was trying trying to get uh, move him on, and yeah, he's now he's now starting to appear in all of the teams. Uh, if you said if you said Bailey to score against City. I would say that's a long ball, Dimmer. This is just a, a small sideways pass. But anyway, we'll see if you land it. <laughs> Hopefully right. he can score. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, on to the weekly Twitter bowl. So we asked uh, out on Twitter earlier this week, which is the best striker moving forward? We all we know that most teams have got Haaland, Jesus or Kane, or at least two of them. So it's more for that third striker position. So we asked out of Mitrovic, Tony and Isak from Newcastle. So the results were Mitrovic with the majority, 60%. Isak with 22 And my boy Tony coming in third at 18%. Do you think maybe a few of uh, the voters were scared off by the fact that Arsenal might be playing um, Brentford this week? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, or maybe people... You know, don't think that Tony can score a hat trick again. I'm not sure. Um, you know, Mitrovic is the clear favourite. You know, an outstanding option you want in that third spot. Um, and you know, Isaac just seems you know like a bit of a punt at the moment. But you know, some managers make the decision of fixtures as well. We know Newcastle have a really good run coming up, so maybe they're looking at that as well and just hope they can get ahead of the curve and get on him early. Okay. Well, I think he's only at five or six percent ownership at the moment, Isak. So yeah, very low, very low. All right. Now we have moved the buy, hold, sell, wait to the end of the podcast because that's going to form part of Jamie's wildcard discussion. So stay tuned for that. So moving on to take it to the bank. Um, I might go first this time. So my take it to the bank is that the Nottingham Forest Fulham game, there will be goals. Both teams do not know how to defend. So I'm tipping there'll be goals and I'm backing Mitrovic to continue his good form and spoiler alert, but I'm also hoping for a couple of uh, Andreas Pereira assists too. Yeah, and I'll say that Newcastle will pummel Bournemouth. I think they'll just be too good for Bournemouth and, and Newcastle's attack is to run right. Okay, all right. Well, let's hope that our take it to the banks are much uh, more accurate than our ones last week because last week I don't think we landed. Moving on to the best captain choice for the week. So I might throw to you first, Jamie, to just tell us what you're thinking as far as the best choice for the week. Oh, I think the best choice would be Harlan, just based on his stats and what he's doing. I think he's a set, set and forget captain like Salah last year. Um, you know, there's a couple of other options um, like your Kane or you know, Mitrovic maybe people are looking at. Um, but I think I think Haaland's the favourite. You know, you might 
you know, you might look at a Kane who has a really, you know, outstanding record against Leicester. Um, but in my mind, if you go Kane, it's probably for a one-week punt. And it's probably if you might be wildcarding in, in game week nine instead of eight, if you can. Um, so that could be a really good differential that you have there. Um, or, or maybe, you know, maybe if you are using wildcard um, and you're getting rid of Salah, you'll be bringing in Kane. And it's a good fixture to captain him in, you know, against Leicester. Um, that's if you want to go that three uh, premium player option. Um, so, um, yeah, so probably balls down to two, but but most people have Harlan over Kane. So just, just Harlan Dimmer for me. Yeah, I would have gone to Kane this week if there was no Haaland as as the skipper because, you know, as you said, Haaland's a bit of a set and forget. He's just so reliable. He's always in the right spot. Scored uh, two goals overnight, you know, in uh, the Champions League. He's just he's just an absolute machine. But, you know, Kane's record against Leicester is, is uh, remarkable, as we said before. For me, if... If I owned them all, it would really be a bit of a flip of the coin to say Kane and Haaland. Haaland probably just edges it because we know that a lot of other people already have him in their team and they're going to also captain him. So if he was to score a hat-trick and you didn't have Haaland as your skipper, you would see a massive uh, fall in rank. So Haaland or Kane, though, for me, and then Mitrovic probably is the third option for myself. You know, if, if... If you're trying to chase ranks or if you like just having a punt, keep in mind Mitrovic has the most shots this year with 27. He's got the second most big chances with eight. Um, he's got the second best expected goals with 5.44. Uh, he's got six goals in six games, you know, and he's had some tough fixtures there as well. And he's up against the Forest side who have the worst expected goals in the league this season of 13. So if you want to punt, or if you're trying to chase rank already because you went Kane earlier in the year and not Haaland, uh, and you've captained Salah a few times, this could be it. Great point, because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of people out there that are ranked three, four, five million, and it is very close. There's really not much in it this year between going from say four million to one million. It's actually quite close. So, so if you are looking for that punt, uh, that might be your way in. Moving on to our sides and team reveals. So I will kick off first and then we'll spend some more time dissecting Jamie's wildcard team because that's what everybody wants to hear. They want to hear your thoughts, Jamie. But obviously, subject to the press uh, conferences for myself, um, I made a transfer last week. As we know, we were all able to make a transfer last week um, and then the transfers reset for game week eight. So I had two free transfers last week. I went Sanchez to Pope. So I've now got two free transfers again for this week. I'm 100% bringing in Mitrovic for Jesus, which even though he's been in all right form, Jesus, looking at the fixtures coming up, I just prefer Mitrovic because he's a set and forget. Um, so he's one I'm looking to bring in. The other one, which I never thought I'd be trading him out, but I'm going to get rid of Trent Alexander-Arnold and bring in another playing premium defender this week. So whether that's Manchester City or one of the other premium defenders that's playing this week, that's where I'm going to go. Still working out who that might be. Um, and all my transfers and transfer strategies are all going to be based around, I'm going to be wildcarding in game week 12. 
which seems to be the perfect time for someone who didn't have to wildcard this week. So the other thing that was playing on my mind, I actually can get to Kane this week, but I just don't want to ruin my team for team balance. Um, if I was wildcarding next week, I would have brought in Kane. Would you consider wildcarding next week because of Kane's record and just what he can offer is probably the best captaincy option this week? I would if I was going to captain Kane, like 100%, then I would. But I've also got a bit of a transfer plan for the next four weeks, subject to players who will probably get injured. But, yeah, I do have a transfer plan between now and game week 12, and then that's when I'm going to wildcard. So I'm pretty much going to, um, you know, that game week 11 side wouldn't be a very good side for game week 12 based on fixtures. So that, that's the way I'm going to structure it. So my side for this week at the moment is Pope in goals, Cancelo, Trippier, Saliba, and then a premium defender who I'm working on. Midfield is Martinelli, Bailey, and Andreas Pereira. Now, ordinarily, you would look at that midfield and think, oh, Jesus, not too much going on there. But Pereira's got Nottingham Forest. And the two times that I've started Pereira this year, he's gotten scores of six and eight. So hopefully he can do something similar. Bailey's got Southampton at home, fresh off scoring a goal against Man City. So hopefully he can get me a return as per my long ball of the week. And up front, it's Haaland. Tony and Mitrovic. Now, which leaves my bench, Ward, Gross, Salah and James. So it puts me in a good spot next week, bringing in James and Salah. And I do have a transfer plan for next week for Gross out for another mid-price pre- um, midfielder, which means I've essentially got three players coming into that starting lineup next week. So, as said, saving the wild card for game week 12 with the transfer plan, but you can never really bank on not getting any injuries, especially over the uh, break in between game week eight and nine with the two weeks off for the uh, international break. All right, now it's that time of the podcast everyone's been waiting for. Jamie's wild card team. And, and to set the scene a little bit, um... Oh, before I set the scene, I know there's a few people who will be listening to this, um, especially in our mini leagues, who want to know what I'm doing with the wild card. I've had a couple of messages asking what I'm doing. Um, so I was just playing that down. I just said, listen to the podcast. You'll get it all there. But to set the scene as well, um, you know, Dimmer, you're actually in a good spot because you didn't need a wild card. Um, you were probably three transfers ahead of me especially with my yo-yo with Trippier, Pedersic and back, um, you know, and having Tony, he's a good, you know, good asset. Um, you know, so last week, I'll tell you what I did in game week seven. So going into game week seven, I went early because I was worried about price rises. So I brought in Gross and Tony for a minus four because uh, I had the exact amount of money. And then the fixtures got called off and I thought, you know, this is just my luck. You know, the one time I go early, because usually I never go early. I'll, I'll wait. I don't care about the price rises. But I just had to this time. Um, you know, and then sort of looking at what, you know, Fantasy Premier League said, you know, uh, I will give it back to you. So just 
reading between the lines there, I, I started thinking, okay, well, do I free hit or do I wild card? You know, in game week seven, you know, if I free hit, I get rid of that minus four and then I won't bring in Grimpone and off I go. Um, so you found a loophole. You should be fined four points this week. But anyway, back to your wild card. <laughs> yeah, so use the loophole. But I was considering wild card too, just to take advantage of price rises. Uh, we just didn't know what was happening with game week eight because we thought these games might get cancelled too. Um, so, and then, uh, you know, when I look at my wildcard team, I'll let you know who the players are who's, you know, going to be in the side because I have a few dilemmas. We'll talk about those dimmer, okay? I think we might be having some technical issues with Jamie. You think uh, your internet might be playing up. So while you just sort out those issues, I'll just basically some other things to consider with the wildcard. And I'm actually very, very keen to hear what you're going to be doing as far as your formation goes. Like, are you still going to be going with that four or five at the back or have you moved to three? So there's probably a few things that, um, yeah, that we'll probably find out. Well, um, you know, if, if in terms of formation, you know, straight away having three up top, going into the season it was, you know, going in with two, but definitely I'll be going with three up top, um, you know, a premium in the mid, with a couple of cheap mids um, and a couple of, you know, mid-price mids as well. But, the you know, if, if I talk about the players who will be in the side, Pope will be in goals. He's locked in. Um, Cancelo's locked in. Trippier's locked in. Uh, Pereira's locked in. De Bruyne's locked in. Uh, Martinelli's locked in. You know, and I had to think about this one. You know, I've got a bit of value tied up in him, but, you know, and Arsenal's fixtures aren't the best moving forward, but he he's staying in the team. I brought in Mitrovic uh, for Archer. I brought in Izak for Jesus, and I brought in Haaland. So these guys are locked in. I've got James on the bench as well. Um, he's Fort Knox. He's secure. He's not going anywhere from my team. Um and then I've got I've got Iverson in goal just to save the point one. Um, if Ward keeps going like he's going, you know he might get dropped soon. Who knows? Even though Roger thinks highly of him, or you know backing him up in the press. But I guess the issues I have with my team is currently I've got Emerson from West Ham for a four point spot. I've got Pedersic uh, coming in for Trent Alexander Arnold. And I had to think long and hard about Trent. I know you're thinking about getting rid of him for a premium, Dimmer. But I had to think about it because I remember last year, maybe around this time last year, he was injured. So I traded him out. And then I couldn't get back to him for three weeks. But in the two weeks straight after, he got a 10 and 12. Um, so he, he really hurt there. So I'm, and, and with Pedersic playing in the Champions League, you know, I'm wondering, do I just place... Trent on the bench, um, you know. So, so those two spots with Emerson and Pedersic, I'm I'm fifty fifty on. Um, I'm also fifty fifty on Bailey, who I have uh, as a sub, because at four point seven he's cheap now, um, you know, and he's one of Aston Villa's best attacking players. 
Um, and then I've also got on the bench just sitting there waiting to come on probably next week or the week after Zaha from Crystal Palace. Um, just because he seems to be involved in all of Crystal Palace's goals. So, you know, going into this week, you know, with Pope in goals, I've, I'm, I'm currently sitting on a 4-3-3. So Emerson, Cancelo, Trippier, Pedersic, Andreas Pereira, De Bruyne, Martinelli, Mitrovic, Isaac, and Haaland. Um, any thoughts when I just let you know my side there, Dimmer? Uh, oh, look, I mean, when you talk about the Liverpool assets, you know, you've obviously moved on Salah, who had a price drop, 12.9. Um, 850,000 managers have transferred him out in the last fortnight. Trent Alexander-Arnold still at 7.5. 530,000 managers have transferred him out, but he's still happened to hold his... He's held his price, which has been good because I haven't, I haven't sold him yet. Um, and then you obviously got someone like Diaz at 8.2. So when you talk about Liverpool, it's very hard to, you know, carry two of them on, on a bench for this week. So that's why, you know, like in your case, uh, Salah's gone already. So it's not as hard to hold Trent. Whereas for me, I pretty much had to move on one of them because I can't have Salah and Trent sitting on the bench, which is over 20 million of, of the 100 million sitting on my bench. And that's only two players. So... I was kind of forced to get Trent out. Um, With my wild card up my sleeve, I can still bring them both back in in the same week without any issues. In your case, if you're using your wild card this week, I don't see how you can um, keep them both. So it's going to be probably a line ball call for you as far as what to do with Trent. Because as we know, he's, he's, he's the best defender as far as it goes with a fantasy Premier League asset. But it's just, he has not hit his straps this year. I think the break will help them too. Um, Liverpool won in the Champions League uh, overnight or two nights ago. So maybe some of their issues are starting to sort themselves out. Yeah, it's not It's not a, um, you know, just because Liverpool have been mediocre, um, you know, I've, I've cracked it and, and they're out of the team. You know, they blank this week. Um, and if I'm on wild card, I might as well semi attack the week because next week I could roll the transfer because I've already got a plan because we know that Man City and Arsenal are blanking in game week 12. So I'll be a player down as it stands. So the idea is Liverpool will get some nice fixtures coming up soon. Um, so I'd be looking to bring Salah back in for, you know, game week 12 or maybe even 11 for De Bruyne. Um, you know, Harlan will stay on the bench. I'm not getting rid of him. Uh, Cancelo will sit on the bench as well. Um, or maybe he could go to Trent for a week, um, you know, in 12. Um, that's sort of what I'm thinking at the moment. Uh, and then also, yeah, it's just it's just coming down to these two defensive spots and two midfield spots for me, you know, with Emerson, because I'm also thinking about, you know, do you go, you know, because he, I don't know, he, just from his Chelsea days, he's a bit injury prone. West Ham are playing in Europe as well. Uh, you know, you've got Neko Williams at 4.1, even though defensively Forrester shocking, um, he's nailed on and he's and he's pretty attacking. Um, I guess he might just fill a bench spot. And I'm also thinking of Fafana at 4.42. I think that Potter, you know, could really strengthen that Chelsea side. Oh, that's probably... A- 
good segue to talk about maybe some of the uh, the Chelsea assets. Um, you talk about Fafana wasn't picked overnight in their Champions League game, so there's probably a little bit of um, probably a little worrying is potentially his minutes moving forward under Potter. Um, Potter started the game over uh, overnight with a back four, and he went with uh, Thiago Silva and uh, Aspilicueta as the two central players. So. You know, Chelsea have got a fair few that they can play at centre-back with uh, Koulibaly and uh, Chalaba and a few others. So, you know, where, where does he fit in? So when we talk about the Chelsea assets, you know, James, you've said, is nailed at 6.0, which I think he's going to be nailed for most for most teams. He'll just sit on the bench for one week and then he's just a set-and-forget for the next 10. Um, Mendy, 4.9, looks like a lot of people are... Moved off him already. His form's been pretty ordinary. Now, you had uh, Cucurella, who you moved on. Now, he's now reunited with Potter. So what was your thought process with Cucurella, considering that uh, Chelsea's fixtures after this week are pretty good? Didn't even come in my thoughts. Not even once. He, I brought him in a few weeks ago thinking he might be, you know, a quasi Chilwell just wasn't the case. So I'm not interested in going there again at all. If I double up on Chelsea's defence, I would love to bring in Chilwell, to be honest. I'd love to, you know, have him, but I think coming off a serious injury, he'll be managed slowly slowly to come back in. Um, you know, and he'll be fighting with Kukurea, who, you know, is one of Potter's boys. Um, so we just need to wait and see. And, you know, this just plays into your hands beautifully. Ga- you know, wildcard game week 12, you get an extra four weeks of information. So... Um, just playing him beautifully for you, Dimmer. Yeah, well, that was part of I mean, I was just fortunate that I didn't have to wildcard this week. Um, you know, if, say, I had um, a team that I that I was thinking about, you know, three or four weeks ago, there were some transfers that I was going to make and I didn't. And if I hadn't made those transfers, then I would have had to have wildcarded this week. But uh, now, moving on to, I guess, was Marcus Rashford at 6.5 in any of your thoughts at all at the start of the wildcard week? before the games were postponed? No, nah, he wasn't. No, nah, he he wasn't. Um, I mean, because I think the news filtered out a bit early on that he was carrying a bit of a niggle. If, if, if he was fit, I may have considered him instead of, say, Zaha or Bailey. I would have tried to fit in a way. You know, the problem I have now with not having Trent and not having Salah is I need to keep money in the bank um, because I need to be able to get them back in uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and then, sorry, how much do I have in the bank? I've got a yeah. yeah, I've got I've got three million in the bank. So De Bruyne are up to Salah point nine, and then Pedersic up to uh, uh, Trent is uh, what's that two two point one. Um, so, so I can do those moves exact. So that's why I, I'm, I'm a bit torn because I've seen on Twitter, a lot of teams are bringing in like a Bowen or a Madison, um, you know, to fill those spots in midfield, but I don't know how they could get to back to a Salah or, or a Trent if they've gotten rid of them. Um, and I don't want to spread the funds around too much because I don't want to be caught out in a few weeks time. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about uh, Madison and Bowen. So I guess, you know, Bowen has not had a return this, this year. He's, his stats this year have been woeful. Um, 
He did score a penalty in a Europa League game. So, you know, that probably means he may be on penalties because I think Rice was on the pitch at the time, who's their normal uh, penalty taker. Now, why he's probably being thought about, obviously the form he showed last year, and then the fixtures now have actually opened up for West Ham. So you've got their next block of four is uh, Everton, Wolves, Fulham, Southampton. But West Ham are playing in the Europa League. And so far, they just have not managed that well as far as their players. They don't have the depth of a, and, and the squad of a City or an Arsenal or a Liverpool where, you know, some of these teams can afford to substitute or not play five or six of their normal starters. So Bowen's a big, big gamble. Could pay off should you want to go down that pathway because m- most people probably won't move to him for another two or three weeks if he if he starts to get some returns. But as you said, he doesn't offer the flexibility that if you wanted to get The other thing is uh, Madison, 7.9. After this week, you've got Tottenham. Uh, sorry, so he's got Tottenham this week and then the fixtures open up. You've got Forest, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, Leeds and Wolves. So very, very tasty fixtures. He's got three uh, attacking returns in the five games that he's played this year. So he's probably the one Leicester City asset you want because you don't want to go near any of their back four. And Ward, you certainly don't want him starting for you. I can uh, throw my hand up there and say I don't want Ward starting. Even if Pope's playing Manchester City away, I think I'm starting Pope. So as far as Leicester assets go, if they perform well this week against Tottenham and if they do um, follow through with your long ball of the week and win 1-0, uh, he's probably one that people might want to move to. Yeah, yeah. well, that's right. Um, I just, I don't, he's got a fixture this week. I just don't want to bring him in for it, you know, even though it's my long ball of the week against Tottenham. Um, I'm just not convinced by him or Bowen. Have you thought about saving a transfer next week by bringing in Madison this week and just playing him against Spurs, like maybe a Martinelli? Um, no, nah, I haven't thought of that because I've got Zaha for that. Um, if I, you know, it, it would either be Madison or Zaha. And I just think that the way that Zaha has started the season, I'd rather him in the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and also because he's a bit cheaper than Madison, then I can, you know, make the move to Salah and Trent a bit later on. So I guess, you know, just to summarize the wild card, um, Emerson and Pedersic, those two spots are up for grabs and they'll probably move around a little bit. Um, and then I just need to think long and hard about, you know, Bailey and and Zaha, even though I think Zaha is pretty safe. Um, you know, I, that's, that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. So I'll keep tinkering over the next day um, and then we'll just sort of see where we land. Okay, now moving on to uh, the Arsenal fixtures. You've got uh, Jesus at 8.1, who you've obviously sold. He's the same as me, he's a sell. The fixtures for Arsenal are Brentford, Tottenham, Liverpool, Leeds, and then a blank. So what I've seen on online, a lot of people in Twitter world have used their wildcard this week, and a lot of them have got Saka and Martinelli as a double Arsenal midfield this week with the mindset to go Saka to one of Madison, Bowen, one of those mid-priced players. So 
that's that's a strategy that I've seen a lot of people use. Um, and then I guess, you know, two or three weeks ago, everyone was talking up Leeds as midfielders. You know, Sinisterda at six and a half, uh, Harrison at 6.2, Aronson at 5.5, Rodrigo, who I obviously brought in and he played 31 minutes and then got uh, Tombstone pole drive by uh, Pickford. But they had great fixtures. But now all of a sudden, they haven't been playing well. They've got a blank this game week. Did you at all think about any Leeds players? Maybe maybe not for this week, but would you potentially look at them next week or the week after to maybe free up some money somewhere? The only one that I thought about was Aronson. However, I looked at his stats and I think he's got one goal and one assist. And his goal was when Mendy just gave it to him on a platter. So I want him to just do a little bit more before I sort of bring him in. You know, Rodrigo would have been the perfect option, but you, you can't go there because we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, and, you know, I just haven't seen enough of, um, you know, Sinisterda, um, you know, to, to really want to bring him in. The same with Harrison. Uh, he just doesn't feel like an FPL asset for me. All right. So just before we maybe go a bit further into Perisic and uh, Emerson, just – just a couple of other, I guess, stats for this year. So the team big chances created this year, Manchester City have had 28, which most have gone to Haaland, obviously. Brentford second, 21. And then Arsenal in third at 18. Now, that's that's that might have something to do with the fact that Arsenal's fixtures the first five weeks were very soft. But, you know, they're the three teams that have created the biggest chances. Now, teams to target. So the following stat is around double-digit hauls conceded. So in third place or equal second place, Nottingham Forest have conceded five double-digit hauls against them this year. Their fixtures, Fulham, Leicester and Aston Villa. So Fulham, obviously, this week, you know, you've got uh, your Mitrovic's Leicester the week two, which could be someone like Madison, pending on if you're sort of game enough to go there. And then Villa. So someone like a Watkins could, you know, he's sort of flying under the radar. Villa's uh, fixtures have opened up too. The other tie for second place is Leicester City have conceded five double-digit hauls this year. And I'm and I'm tipping Kane might, might be six uh, after this weekend. And their fixtures obviously are Tottenham, Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth. So probably not much there in the second and third week to target. But the team that has conceded the most double-digit hauls this year is Bournemouth. So there's no real surprises there considering, I think there was three or four in the one game against uh, Liverpool. But they've conceded seven. Their fixtures are Newcastle, Brentford and Leicester. So looking at that, for me, that was the reason why I moved on Jesus and not Tony. So I've kept Tony for that picture. So hopefully he can haul against Arsenal and then maybe even potentially, you know, haul next week against Bournemouth. So um, they're the teams to target. So, Jamie, I guess has that has that swayed you in anything that you've been thinking? Well, you know, I've been thinking that the when I think about my strikers, Harlan and Mitrovic are a lock, okay? It really came down to Isaac and Tony. And... I think maybe Brentford's stats and Tony's stats have been skewed a little bit for that Man United game and then their most recent game as well. Um, and I just think that Isaac 
at 5% in a Newcastle team playing Bournemouth, who you've just said have the highest amount of double-digit hauls against, um, I think it just solidifies that. I want Isaac and I want to take a punt on him. Um, I'd love to be able to, you know, just make up some ground a little bit um, with bringing him in. Yeah, he's he's one that I reckon with his fixture this week against Bournemouth, um, even if he does outscore Tony this week, I'll be looking at it after next week. But but if I was on wild card, you know, and I could make you know two of the three transfers up front, he's he would definitely be one that I would look at. So it'd be interesting. When are you thinking what... of bringing him in? Look, I haven't seen enough as far as he's only played two games, scored against Liverpool, scored the second goal, but then it was ruled offside. Um, You know, big, strong in the box. Bournemouth, as we said before, concede a whole lot of uh, crosses in, especially from their left flank, which means someone like a Trippier is probably going to be putting it on his head. So, look, all the signs this week, I think that if I was playing a free hit, he would be in my side. But the fact is that I've... My squad has been built around the fixtures, not just for one week. You know, if he obviously scores a hat-trick this week, I'm going to have a little bit of egg on the face. But, yeah, as far as if it was a free hit week, I think I would go triple Newcastle, especially, you know, Bournemouth at home is the best fixture of the year. As we saw, Liverpool weren't in form and they still beat them 9-0. So let's see what that looks like. So did you want to run anything else by myself? As far as the yeah, wildcard? Yeah, just I, I want to get an answer from you for my last question, Mr. Politician Albanese, who just goes around the edges and doesn't answer the question. Are, are you looking at bringing Isaac in? Would you this bring week, him in? No. No, no, no. No, 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 not this week. But is he on your radar for maybe next week or the week after, or are you happy with Tony? He won't be brought in next week because Tony's playing against Bournemouth. The only way that I bring in Isak next week is if something happens to Tony, if he gets injured. Um, but no, I'm pretty set on Tony for the next two weeks. I think that or against Arsenal. Um, yeah, I actually think that he can score versus Arsenal. So, you know, I, I'm not sure if I want him to because I've also got Saliba. So I've kind of got that hedge going there. So, yeah, look, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in that game. Yep. And, you know... Something else I've just noticed this season, Dimmer, is, um, you know, our mini league that we have running, it's been one of the tightest leagues we've had, you know, for probably the last five years. And, you know, I think it's got something to do with people listening to our podcast and, you know, picking up some stats they didn't know and having a look at our transfers. So if anyone out there is listening and making some changes based on our stats, you know, tell your mates to have a listen too. Um, you know, share it around, share the podcast around because, um, you know, we have fun making it and putting it together. So, um, yeah, just show a bit of love that way. And, um, yeah, I hope everyone has a good week. Yeah, that's, that's a real good segue. I, I've, had, I've had a few friends that have never really performed in the Fantasy Premier League stakes, but it's probably more so because they, they probably stop uh, tuning in after, say, four or five game weeks if they've had a poor start. But, yeah, so for anyone that does happen to listen to the podcast and you obviously like what you hear, hopefully, um, don't forget to rate it uh, in the stars column on Spotify and, uh, yeah, feel free to share it around. Uh, Any last thoughts, Jamie, or is that it for signing off from you? Okay, no worries. Well, good luck, everybody. All the best this game week and keep chasing those green arrows.